0: Welcome to Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, the Deputy Editor and Chief Critic at IndieWire, and I'm joined, as always, by our editor-at-large, Ann Thompson, in Los Angeles. And uh, before we get into things that are going on with new releases, with award season, obviously we have to talk about the impact and resonance of this week's election. It's... uh, Uh, been a shocking time for a lot of different people and it can be hard to get back to work and to get back into the things that you think you should be caring about when something this big and for a lot of us uh, traumatic can happen. At the same time, I think it's been um, encouraging the last few days to come out of this hole uh, that we've sort of fallen into when we get when we saw what happened on tuesday and uh look at the different people around us and realize that we exist in a creative community that is all about survival and so my feeling about this i don't don't know how you're doing so far and but but uh my feeling about all this is that the best way forward is just to turn to The people that you care about and the things that you care about and just invest in in those things because you know that there is something of value there that that you can latch on to. And and I've found that the film community is particularly resilient in in that respect. So how, how are you holding up?
1: It's been pretty bad. You know, every day you, you get up and you listen to what's actually happening and, you know, there, there's going to be a climate denier running the transition team on, on the environment, you know, I mean, to, to, the, to the, you know, the Environmental Protection Agency, you know, so things like that. You just hear these things. Um, I think for those of us who, who have been through several Republican administrations, I lived through Nixon, I lived, it actually reminds me um, of the period that we, um, you know, I live through Nixon, Reagan, Bush and Bush, right? So it reminds me of the anti-war era, if anything. I think that's what's gonna happen, I, it worries me, but I think we're gonna have a lot of campus unrest, a lot of demonstrations, I hate to think about some of the awful things that are gonna go on, and I agree with you. Um, we are also very lucky to be living in California um, we're also very lucky to be uh, attached to the movie business because the movie business is actually, I mean, as I walk, th- as I go through this award season, um, we have a lot of movies featuring strong women. We have uh, incredible diversity
0: this year, which is amazing. a really, good point.
1: Amazing. That's a really uh, good
0: point. I mean, it's Hollywood sort of
1: like- is showing the way. It's actually going to have more power in its own way. And believe me, everyone's going to double down,
0: well, everyone's going to double I would double also down. say to that, I mean, it's not just Hollywood, it's, it's people who tell stories, it's people mm-hmm. who identify with the arts, which in many ways, at least conceptually speaking, if not from a financial standpoint, is more progressive than ever before, right? I mean, we, we've been in the midst of these incredible conversations about how to advance great filmmaking and other kinds of art forms and none of that seems to be stymied yet anyway by No, it's not happened. going to be. I mean, so. I think
1: I, I don't like to think about what the negotiations are going to be like with China which is you know tightening its sphincter as far as you know having hollywood movies over there uh you know it's going to be it's going to be really i mean he's a businessman trump and he's he's going to uh do what he thinks is going to advance business and hollywood and the mpaa and everybody else are going to have to play along with with whatever that agenda is in terms of business, but I think in terms of content, we are going to uh, see a lot of pushback, and that, that's what we have to do inside the independent community as well, and I've seen a lot of very inspiring movements, and I signed you know, petition today, and there's all sorts of of if if there's a demonstration that we have to have you know to to fight back as we did during the anti-war era and 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 the civil rights era we will we will fight back I'm not planning to sit around and and hide my head in the sand
0: no of course not and I also think that the the way in which Uh, people who are involved in uh, making movies or or making things that are are consumed by the masses are emboldened by the need to use that platform in constructive ways i mean just this week i've I've been encountering all kinds of different people who are who are grappling with what's happened yesterday i went to a lunch for the opening of doc nyc and there were they gave all these different awards to to luminaries of of the documentary field and every single person at the podium had some very encouraging words uh, jonathan demi was talking about how you know obviously this is a major setback for the democratic party but in terms of the movies that we're making and the causes that we're looking to advances we just have to fight harder for them now But that doesn't mean that they're not still causes That we want to fight for That we, we're going to be slowed down in any capacity In terms of fighting for them And then you have somebody like Stanley Nelson who, who just sent a really powerful message About the need to tell more stories About the rest of the country Look, there was a huge turnout in rural America And a lot of us live in a bubble You're happy to be in California I'm, I'm overjoyed to be in New York With my fellow New Yorkers who, are, who have been united I think more than ever right now As we're recording this podcast I'm watching the Veterans Day Parade go down Fifth Avenue, and I do think that there is something distinctly American about learning how to uh, speak for your own individual causes in, in your community. Have, and yeah. We
1: always have, and we always will. We are, uh, for better or for worse, uh, we are a democracy. But um, as far as, I mean, I, I, anecdotally, I can tell you that the most difficult conversation I had was with my daughter, of course. who's 27 years old and very upset incredibly upset. And because she hasn't had the perspective. Prob-
0: probably her second election that she's voted in. Yeah, right? so. exactly.
1: And she she really can't, you know, look, she doesn't know that how horrible it is to live through administrations where people are doing bad things <laughs> and you have no control over it. And so, and so I, you know, I had to say to her something along the lines of, we're just going to fight to make sure that this doesn't happen again the next time. And I do see the the millennials, the younger people, really not taking this as well as as some of, I'm, I'm not taking it well either, but it, it is, I think, more disturbing when there's, we, we don't go to Canada, we don't run away, we do survive, it does go on, and I went to see Moana on the day after the election, and I was transported, and laughing, and escaping, and, you know, if we if we head into horrible times, um, that's what Busby Berkeley was doing back in the Depression. It's he was what making us laugh.
0: The screwball comedies did too, the Lubitsch movies and so that's forth. Right. There's a Wes that's Anderson right. movie being worked on right now. There there's a Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them. And people can turn to the movies for escapism. They can also turn the movies for inspiration. I mean, I hope that everybody goes see to see I Am Not Your Negro when it gets a limited release in December and this is an incredible movie about uh, some of the struggles. That we're dealing with in our time. That, I hope that are people steep see the erased. 13th, uh, the uh,
1: David DuBerry name. Yeah, and,
0: and, and those movies, it's not just that they deal with what's going on in modern society, it's that they, they, they find the track record going back generations. And so they show you the history, you know, and they yeah. show
1: you the history of what Donald Trump believes in the idea that law and order means something else to exactly, a lot of people. Exactly, and, So they, there's something systemic going here. And they prove all the there were there used to be these mythologies and these conspiracy theories. Well, guess what? They're real.
0: <laughs> they're not, they're I, not
1: conspiracy theories The reason
0: why I love movies is because they're a window into the different ways of seeing the world That I can only understand uh, with, a, with a limited degree of, of awareness until I get those windows So whether it's something like I Am Not Your Negro Or Fire at Sea, which we've talked about before Which your, your, opens your eyes to the migrant crisis Seeing movies will continue to be the best way for us as people who love this art form to understand what's happening around us and that's not going away so I feel like that's the best consolation that we can have at this point point. and you know you're in the midst of uh, a film festival the AFI Fest there's all kinds of stuff going on there that so must rules be rules don't uh,
1: apply the new Warren Beatty movie opened the AFI Fest last night and uh, therefore the embargo uh, we, we saw it a while ago but <laughs> the embargo went up and you posted your review um, and I, I will say Say that I find this movie to be the most personal the most idiosyncratic the least interested in being commercial uh, that Warren Beatty's ever made he's always been more of a of a mainstream Hollywood Filmmaker, and maybe because he's, you know, this may be one of his last films, or or because he's been obsessed with Howard Hughes his entire adult life. Uh, I mean, he first ran into him, you know, it, it, his security guards at the Beverly Hills Hotel, you know, in like 1973. That's how long he's been thinking about doing it. If you look at Peter Biskin's book, he's been thinking about making this movie. For decades. Which and is so, kind of
0: funny when you see it, because I would I would disagree that it that it seems to reflect his uh, Howard Hughes obsession. I think it's Howard Hughes is a supporting player in the story. That's really I disagree about these young with you couples. completely.
1: He takes over the second half of the movie, and well, it becomes all about him.
0: No, but I but I think that in, in essence, in the first
1: half, he's even, not. He's Mister Mystery. He,
0: but the truth is, even when he comes into the story, so the the, the essence of the the earlier part of the movie is this this. Young man, this young woman played by um, Alden Ehrenreich and Lily Collins. She's a young, bright actress who's uh, basically looking to audition for Hughes, and, and he's Hughes's driver who hasn't even met Howard Hughes yet. And so, for the two of them, what's what's kind of fascinating is that they're they're both kind of drawn to his allure without really knowing the details. And once he comes into it. He's kind of this broad caricature of sorts, and I think that's a reality check for them in in ways that are somewhat devastating about just how unhinged he is. But to me, this is still essentially a a Hollywood romance about those two people and what they learn through their interactions with Hughes. So they are the stars.
1: He does emerge in the second half of the story from the shadows, and he does... He's a big character. ...interact with... The Lily Collins character, in, a, in de- as you say, in devastating ways. And there's a whole subtext. That's not a subtext. There's a whole aspect of this movie that is a little icky, in the sense that here's this really older guy, you know, having s- sex with a young woman who is a virgin, who doesn't really uh, isn't really in love with him or anything. And and there's also this aspect of it that that is. Um, you know he's a he's a mogul who has power over these young actresses who work for him and you know he's a control freak and he's neurotic and he's um, probably mentally um, obsessive, and, and that's what I mean. Uh, about yeah.
0: this is rea- reality check of sorts. I I was a little thrown by his performance, honestly, because I felt like tonally it was a little out of sync with the movie. But he he's good for what he's trying to do, which is such a you know amusing contrast to what Leonardo DiCaprio did in The Aviator with this kind of brooding, dramatic performance. I mean, this is just a much much it's, more it, comedic, yeah, comedic, more light it, touch. But yeah. it's also
1: there's a dark side to it, and. And the degree to which Warren Beatty um, inhabits and understands this character is very fascinating to me. Um, and I, and I, I have to say, uh, I wonder, though, uh, how fascinating it will be to other people. It is a resolutely old-fashioned movie shot. In a, you know, he identifies with the young people as people who arrived in Hollywood as, you know, as he did. Back in the day, and and he uh, he is you know he's in all the characters in some level.
0: Um, but don't you, know. you think there's? I mean, this is a this is a movie that's essentially a crowd pleaser. It's an old fashioned crowd. I don't pleaser, know that but, it is. But it's a very it? su- yeah, it's a it's a very sweet movie. It's got that lovely song that that Lily Collins performs twice on on the piano, and um, and it's it's essentially got elements of a happy ending. Not to spoil too much, but um, I mean you could you say it's maybe his least commercial film? Is it? In today's marketplace, less commercial than something like Red's, uh, this sprawling historical epic that was just super ambitious and obviously... Not no, the that was thing. not
1: that. That worked out okay, but but back uh, then, sure, that was yeah, a different time. I mean, it, it was. Uh, it was a. It, I love
0: Reds. Reds no, is one of my a, favorite movies. But, I but, think I mean, it's an it, amazing movie. It's but this is from 1981. I
1: mean, this a, here's the thing. He was very modern with Bulworth. You know, Bulworth, right. the last movie he made so about eight, eight or nine years ago. In fact, it's ago, more relevant was, now than Heather yeah. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. You know, that seemed so contemporary and so right on. And this one seems like a look back, like a kind of elegiac. You know. Renoir-esque, looking back at, at, at some other moment in, in his past, you know, and and it, it's a look at Hollywood too. Um, and it, it, it's it's very there's a, it's tinged with a kind of, of sadness, I think, it, yeah. and,
0: and it, it's sort of this bittersweet, wistful quality. And, yes, but but I think there is. I mean, it, you compare it to something like Cafe Society, which was well, it's you know, better than that. It's better. It's better. Way I think it, better it's than got it's got more really edge.
1: Did. Yes, he's, he's a very good director, a very good writer. It's very well uh,
0: edited. It Bo Goldman well. wrote
1: the original screenplay, but he's he's on there. Warren Beatty's been working on this for years. I mean, I was I ran into Felicity Jones last night at one of these uh, Oscar parties they throw at this time of year for A Monster Calls, which is finally being seen by more people since Toronto. And uh, and she she was up for, she was supposed to play that part, the Lily Collins part at one point. You know, she was whined and dined and wooed and hung out with Warren and, and Annette, you know. It's it's as, very, you, as uh, you did as well.
0: Which I, and I, I, I went think to the house. That's I kind of fascinating, actually, because so a lot of people have been picking up on this. I mean, the Hughes like mystery of of Warren Beatty is something that seems to be what what drives the soul of, of this project, right? They, he, well, does he not, identify with him or, or something? Well, I mean. No,
1: I mean, I'm going to write about it, that's all. I mean, I just have to figure it out myself. He's an enigmatic and and controlling uh, movie star, and he knows how to interact with the press in order to try to control his message, and he is very personally invested, obviously, in this movie. It means a lot to him, um, and and I I wonder, I, wa- I just wonder how, you know, I know that the Academy likes it. It played very well for them.
0: Uh, I mean, um, I went to a screening in New York, and it seemed like it had some Academy members in it. And the, the, you know, the beautiful last shot of the movie, the credits come up, the cinematographer's name comes up. Some guys just like beautiful, beautiful. I mean, it's a movie that for a certain older Caleb contingency. Deschanel. Yeah. Caleb Deschanel. But uh, but I mean, it, it does. It's it's Father that movie. Of
1: Zoe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So the, so there you got the nepotism element. You got the old Hollywood element. You got the Warren Beatty element. So that that can't do any harm in that respect. It's the movie celebrating Hollywood that could get a nice boost this year, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. But Um, at the same
0: time, it's not as big a movie. It's not an event movie. I mean, it's harder to see it being a Best Picture contender.
1: I don't think so. Um, I, I think I think its best uh, chances are with acting. I, I, you know, it, 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 it. But again, it's a very tough year. I mean, b- best actor is the category that Warren is is in. It needs it needs to get rave reviews. You know, over the top rave reviews. It needs to do business. It needs all sorts of help. It needs the critics to decide it's one of the best movies of the year.
0: Yeah, is it's that not going to happen. happen. Not going to happen. I'd be shocked.
1: Shocked. Me too. I'm afraid.
0: Not it's not a knock on the movie. It's just not that kind of movie.
1: It's just not resonating. I just don't see it resonating with people right now at this moment in time. And it was interesting. I got an email from one of our colleagues, Chris O'Fault, who was... Um, giving me all the reasons why Moonlight is going to win you know, the Oscar and, and various people are, are have other theories about why La La Land is going to win the Oscars in other words it could go in the direction of gravitas and the alternative to the, vi- the vision of the future as described by Donald Trump or it could go in the direction of sheer escape let's, let's just you know, go for, for something that takes us away and transports us to another land well,
0: not, but, but, let's get, let, get into this for a second. The Academy is not the electoral college, right? I mean, there's there's a popular vote, and that decides who wins. So, there, I mean, you can't throw it, really is going to come down well, to what no, is a movie most people one, like.
1: No, 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 no. Uh, here, let me explain. <laughs> let me explain to you, Eric. This is a situation where the zeitgeist has an impact. It isn't just about liking something, it's right, about sending but the, a message.
0: Of course, and, and how they campaign and, and around so, that message.
1: So, Fences. Fences could be the one that just runs with it. You Careful, know?
0: Anne, you're not allowed to talk about that one yet.
1: <laughs> I'm talking about its Oscar chances. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, of course, so you have Fences and Moonlight right now, you would say, are probably the two movies that fit most naturally into that zeitgeist slot. No,
1: I'm saying the zeitgeist could be reflected in two different ways. Serious. this is how we want the world to look. This is what we're doing, Hollywood. Or we want escapism. Or or we want escapism. Well,
0: ideally we want both and maybe they'll spread the love. That would be nice.
1: We shall see.
0: (laughs) Well, in the meantime, I'm dashing off to see Fantastic Beasts because... I need some escapism in my life and, um,
1: and I'm going to interview Lin-Manuel Miranda I'm so excited <laughs> you know me pretty well I'm, I, I go out there I interview so and so and whatever and don't bat an eyelash but interviewing Lin-Manuel Miranda I'm like I'm gaga
0: about make, that make him sing a few notes for you because that Hamilton soundtrack man it's uh, it's got a lot of earworms in there Anyway, we, All right, uh, have fun. Yeah, we have things to do and a world to get back to no matter what's going on in the government. Right, so. so we'll talk, talk next later. time. Have a great Bye. one. Bye.